When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land. Of course, we always come to you from Belly Up Sports. He is Alan Denton and can be found on Twitter at AD on the Blackout. I am Thomas Black and can be found at TB on the Blackout on Twitter. Alan, it's time for a week 11 pick and pod. So how are you feeling coming off of what was maybe a little bit of a disappointing showing from your Tennessee Volunteers? Ooh, man, just a total chaos week in many respects. It was chaotic in picks, and all of our scores reflected that. It was herky-jerky in Athens as Tennessee, I think, had seven false starts, which is remarkably bad. Just one of those things where all around felt like we left a lot out on the field. At the end of the night on Saturday night, in respect to the entire pick'em slate, Like you said, it was herky-jerky with Tennessee, but it was much the same with the pick'em boards over on the ATS pick'em on CBS Sports and the confidence pick'em on ESPN.com. I'm going to steal a line from one of our listeners, Jorge, who texted me after the game's late Saturday night and just said, first sentence, that was a bloodbath. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, man, it's like a Game of Thrones episode, man. Just absolutely brutal. Brutal 100%. Let's go ahead and document how brutal it was for me and Alan because it was rough in a lot of senses. So, Alan, your Week 10 slate against the spread over on CBS Sports saw you go 4-6. and six. The wins were Baylor plus 2.5, UTSA minus 1.5, Texas minus 1.5, and, and LSU plus 13.5. The losses were Arkansas minus 14.5, Georgia Southern plus 4.5, Troy minus 6.5, Clemson minus 3.5, Wake Forest minus three and a half as an ATS lock and your Tennessee Volunteers plus eight and a half as one half of a lock party. So, Alan, where's your head at as we wrap up week 10, only four weeks ago in the ATS pick Well, that was not quite the week I was hoping for. Looking back at one of my locks, Wake Forest just didn't get the job done at NC State. But if you look at kind of the trajectory of that game, It's a three-point game at halftime, and the difference in that game is three Wake Forest turnovers. The turnover bug comes back to bite them again. NC State doesn't turn the ball over at all, but, I mean, Wake outgained them nearly by 100 yards, and it was one of those things where that's all it took, and NC State gets the job done. Kudos to Dave Dorn and company for even without Devin Leary, continuing to produce a really good year. No doubt about it. Alan, after the four and six week and after the 0 and two stretch in ATS locks, you are now 10 and 10 on the season in ATS locks that hits at exactly 50%. You're 45 and 54 overall hitting at a little over 45% of your ATS picks overall. 
You're in a tie for 15th and 12 games back. So I know there's a lot of work to be done. I don't know how realistic it is, but you could surge just a little bit over the next few weeks if you have some strong weeks. So where's your mind at as we head forward? Uh, for once in my ever loving life, I would love to go above 500. <laughs> <laughs> I've been five and five out of 10 weeks. I think I've been five and five about six times and I've been three and seven a couple of times and a couple of four and sixes. I would really love a seven and three type week just to even that out a little bit. We would love to get things evened out, especially after the week we had. Alan, my run on ATS was as good as it got last week. I went five and five. I had wins with Baylor plus two and a half, Liberty plus 14 and a half, South Alabama minus four and a half, Louisiana plus six and a half, and LSU plus 13 and a half. The losses were UAB plus one and a half, Kansas State plus one and a half, Clemson minus three and a half, Wake Forest minus three and a half, and Tennessee plus eight and a half as the other half of that ATS lock party. I mean, also failed to mention Clemson minus three and a half was an ATS lock as well. So the locks did not go well, but I got bailed out a little bit by South Alabama minus the four and a half points. They were down for a lot of that game, but they fought their way back and won by seven, a nice cover there. And then I had Louisiana who looked like they were going to cruise to an ATS cover for me at plus six and a half points. They were up for a lot of that game. Then all of a sudden they fell behind and then it was a missed extra point at the end that saved me in a six-point loss for Louisiana. That one was clutch for me. But Alan, the locks, just like you, I went 0-2. I'm now 7-13 and on the season with my ATS locks. I was looking pretty good midway through the season, and it has gone off a cliff as of late. I'm now hitting at 35% there, so that needs a lot of improvement. We'll see how that goes as we run down the last stretch of the season. But overall, I am 52 and 47, hitting it over 50% on all my picks. So it's just the locks that have suffered. I am in a tie for fifth place and only five games back. So Alan, I'm in contention with this thing over on the ATS side. That's a little bit different from where I am in the confidence side, but I'm feeling pretty good. And I just need at least maybe two really, really good weeks in the last four to really have a shot to climb up to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, you're right there. After a good week, you talked about that Georgia Southern game against South Alabama just makes me so mad because that was one that I had Georgia Southern on and they led most of the way. Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, but it benefited you and you are in as good a spot as one could want to be as we head into week 11. I do appreciate it. Alan, for us combined, we have got to get things moving in the right direction. Somehow, we've done it now three times in 10 weeks in the past. We've hit ATS lock parties here on the show. However, we've now dropped <laughs> to 0 and 3 in those picks. Alan, I don't know what's going on, but we've got to hit either. one of these things before the end of the season. <laughs> It's dangerous. I'm going to just start changing my picks if we've got a similar one. I'm just going to throw something else random out there just to avoid us having a lock party because it's a curse. I will say it's still a relatively small sample size, but we're bordering on a large enough sample size that uh, it could be a very serious problem for us headed forward. Yeah, it's problematic. (laughs) Our (laughs) overall locks, because of the 0-3 week, each of us did go 0-2, but because one of them was lock party, you would have only gone 0-3 in your picks. Thank goodness. Alan and I have now handed out picks that would be worthy of a 17-20 and 
record. It's not that solid. We're now just under 46% on that in the season, and that's only ranking about 15th. So, Alan, that has really taken a big dip over the last few weeks. It's something that we hope to get corrected, and maybe we can even it out. Maybe we can get up to about 500 on the season. That would be, I think, a bright spot for me after we were looking really good for a lot of the year, but things have taken a nosedive here as of late. Yeah, it just kind of happened. You know, we had engine failure in our right engine, and we have taken a straight nosedive into the Atlantic. One who is not taking a nosedive is our leader, Alex. He sits at 57 and 42 in his picks overall against the spread, hitting at over 57% on the season. He has a three game lead on second place. So, Alex, in a situation where you're not betting, total points like you do in a confidence pick them where every pick is the same value Alex has a nice cushion with this three-game lead headed into the final four weeks and listen this guy he he knows what he's doing Uh, he's been a long-time participant on the confidence side and he's just taking that right over onto the against the spread side so kudos to Alex I love it. It's been very impressive, and it'll be interesting to see if anyone can chase him down. You know, I already mentioned I'm in a top five, and it's high for fifth place, but being five points back of Alex, it's a little bit of a steep climb to work through as we go down in the final four weeks of the season, having to catch up over one pick per week the rest of the way if that's going to happen. So I'm going to need a good start here in week 11. On the confidence side, Alan, it was a rough week for about everybody. You went four and six this past week, picking up 23 points. And I must say, that was a decent week compared to a lot of what we saw with a lot of people. (laughs) Just total carnage everywhere, man. It was the walking wounded. When I saw that I had a 23 and managed to, you know, not just survive, but actually get a little closer to the lead, I was like, my goodness, this is insanity. Absolute insanity it was. Your wins were Troy at an 8, Texas at a 6, Baylor at a 5, and UTSA at a 4 as a confidence value pick. Your losses were Alabama at a 10, Arkansas at a 9, Wake Forest at a 7, Clemson at a 3 as a confidence value pick, Georgia Southern at a 2, and Tennessee at a 1. Allen, the 4-6 and record brings you to 65-34 and on the season. You have 374 points, though. Sitting in the 95th percentile, you're in 8th place overall and only 11 points off the lead. So what do you think about the recap to your Week 10 slate? This one's clearly my comfort zone. It just makes sense. The Texas game, I felt really good going into that one. That's why I had a six and got the against the spread as well. I was really pushing Texas, even though they, in a very problematic way, were way, way up at halftime. And then Kansas State just chipped away and got within striking distance there at the end. Baylor was in control pretty much of that game against Oklahoma the entirety of the game. Even though it was close, it would just kind of swap between three and ten points, something along those types of lines. But that's a Baylor team that I think is pretty good in finding its form. And so even a bad or not as great Oklahoma team, that's a tough place to get a win. So kudos to them. Nailed that on the against the spread side as well. And then the four-game UTSA, that game shouldn't have been nearly as close as it ended up being. But it went to two overtimes, which made me very uncomfortable. But here's the deal. UAB outscored 
UTSA by 14 in the final four minutes to make that a game. Really, it should not have been that much of a game, even though UAB did outgain UTSA. But Frank Harris came through for me. They figured out a way to win and locked up that four game in a week when every single point mattered. Totally. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Alan, on my confidence late, this thing was a mess. I went three <laughs> and seven, picking up 10 glorious points as we went our way through. And I told people at the end of it, Alan, I've never seen this happen before. I scored 10 points and I really honestly didn't even feel that bad about it. This was a hideous pick 'em week. I couldn't have done much worse than I already did. And at the same time, I thought, what do you do? You just throw your hands up because there were so many upsets. There were so many ways in which I actually feel like I strategized my board pretty well. And I'll talk about that here in a moment, but there just wasn't anything I could do about it. You know, I picked three games, right? You had four. You happened to get 23 points. I happened to get 10. You know, there's just not that much difference, I think, in my picks versus some of the other people who actually fared pretty well, just by chance in some case, by luck in some case, putting some higher values on some teams that in some cases it was deserved. And I think in some cases, very much not just kind of lucky for some people this week. Yeah, absolutely. Here was the problem with it. You had to put somebody at a seven, eight, nine, ten, and it was just kind of Russian roulette on whether or not you're the one that got shot or not. 100% true. The three wins I had were all in the bottom half of my board. South Alabama at a five, Baylor at a three, and Troy at a two. Allen, this is where it gets ugly. My seven losses, Clemson at a 10 as a confidence value pick, Alabama at a nine, Wake Forest at an eight, Arkansas at a seven, Kansas State at a six, Tennessee at a four as a confidence value play, and UAB at a one. Allen, here's the things that I'll highlight. I told everybody last week I was putting Clemson up at a 10. Obviously, that was not justified. They got their doors blown off. But here's what I will highlight. I was confident enough to move a team up above Alabama where I thought Alabama was possibly going to go into Baton Rouge and have a fight on their hands with the LSU Tigers. So I dropped Alabama to a nine, something not very many people did. And I dropped Arkansas to a seven. Those were the two highest spreads on our board. I did not have the confidence in the Arkansas Razorbacks to win against Liberty. And it came out to my benefit in both of those games when I went with LSU plus the points against the spread and where I went with Liberty plus the points against the spread. But these just hurt in a way that I can't really describe because like I told you before, I picked these games, I think, at an appropriate value. I just had a hard time identifying winners up above them and getting some points that would have really benefited me, whereas some other people would have been hurt in these scenarios. So it came out on the negative end for me, but at the end of the day, I feel like I did things that were fairly justified. It's just nothing hit. (laughs) One of those days at the office, man. And uh, you and I kind of argued back and forth last week about Clemson and I moved them way down, I consider that one a confidence pick that was hit for me. Totally. That's one that even though, you know, I still had Clemson, I had him at that three. But listen, here's the deal. I still missed my 10 game and my nine game because I had Alabama and Arkansas. So the point stands like to you. It's like somebody had to be up top and Mm -hmm. not many people hit on them. 
No doubt about it. Alan, I am now 63 and 36 on my picks in the year. I have 360 points sitting in the 87th percentile. I'm in 18th place, 25 points back. So that has dropped quite a bit from where I was just a couple of weeks ago. Alan, our leader is my wife, Kristen. She is 68 and 31 on the season with 385 points sitting up in the 98th percentile, and she has a five-point cushion right now. So just like Alex, she has a little bit of a lead over as Alex is doing in the ATS Pick'em, but it is impressive to see what has gone down with the leaders in both of our competitions as we hit double digits in weeks throughout the latter portions of the season now. Shows you the strength of our group, that the leader of our Pick'em has to be in the 98th percentile out of everyone playing on ESPN, which is a pretty good chunk of people. So kudos to her. That's one of those things you just tip your cap and hope you can get her in the next couple weeks. All right, Alan, you ready to dive into some picks this week? Let's do it. All right, because you had the stronger, ever so slightly weak than I did, of course your uh, confidence score is kind of the determining factor with that. Why don't you go ahead and take us out with some picks against the spread over on CBS Sports? All right, my man. So where I'm going for this one is a team that I picked last week and picking against a team that I picked against last week. I've got Baylor covering the three-and-a-half-point spread at home versus Kansas State. This is a Baylor team that I think is rounding into form in some measures. If you look back at that Kansas State game last week against Texas, Texas was up, I believe, 31-10 to 10 at halftime and then was only able to score a field goal in the second half. Adrian Martinez played well, but this is, in my opinion, a better Baylor team, particularly at home. Texas was able to go into Manhattan to take care of business. Blake Shapin is playing good enough, and this defense of Baylor is not great, but it's pretty good. Anytime that you can go into Oklahoma and win that type of game, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. So my lock is Baylor over Kansas State covering that three and a half points at home. Alan, I am sick and tired of having lock parties. Okay. Uh, Okay. So let's go ahead and debut the very first lock block of the blackout. Here it is. I'm going (laughs) the exact opposite way. I'm taking Kansas State plus three and a half on the road against Baylor. You said some of it for me. Okay. I'm looking at this Baylor team. I think they have a good, not great running game. That's led by Richard Reese. He's been pretty good this year. They've got a good, I think not great defense. Of course, Dave Aranda is a mastermind, and he might come up with a scheme this week that really confounds Adrian Martinez and company, but I think this defense is not nearly as good as it was a year ago. On top of that, they've got a good, not great quarterback named Blake Shapin, who's thrown 13 touchdown passes this year. Decent but six interceptions. So I'm a little concerned about that. I think these two teams are about equal with each other. I think you've got a decent Baylor team. I think you've got a decent, maybe pretty good Kansas State team. What Kansas State offers, at least with Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, is a very good running attack. I like Malik Knowles in the passing game. And Alan, I look at this game as a coin flip. I think it's basically a toss-up, even at Baylor. If I think it's a 50-50 shot that one team lands on the winning side and a 50-50 shot that the other team lands on the winning side, I think this game easily could be a field goal separation type game. So I am absolutely going to lock it up with a lock block. Give me the Wildcats plus three and a half this week. I love debuting this, and here's what that means. 
we have no possibility of going 0-4 this week, my man. <laughs> so we are moving on up. <laughs> well, we've got a we've got no chance of going to 0-4, and, and we've got a guaranteed loss on the board as well. And I don't know that we've had many of those 4-0 weeks, so I'll take the one win for us moving forward. All right, Alan. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> the very first lock block of the show. I was wondering if we were going to squeak one in before the end of the yeah. season. But I'm glad we've got one now because we've had three of those lock parties. None of them have hit. At least one of us will hit with this one. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like Baylor's going to be able to get a couple of turnovers out of Kansas State. All they got to do is slow down Deuce Vaughn. He's going to get his. I just don't think he's going to run wild. And then I just feel like Adrian Martinez is just not going to be quite good enough to get it done. I feel like this ends up being a touchdown type of game. All right. Very, very interesting. Clearly, in the mind of Allen Denton, the Baylor Bears are the better team. I just think these two teams are close to as equal as you can get out of the Big 12. All right, Allen, where are you headed on the confidence slate? Well, I'm sticking with the same dad gym matchup. And because <laughs> I'm so confident in Baylor, I'm moving them up the board to about a six or a seven. Right now, the line has moved a little bit down. It's opened at three and a half, is now two and a half, which lends a little bit more to some of the money maybe coming in on Kansas State. But I don't care what the money says. I'm going with my gut on this one. At that two and a half, it would be a four or a five. And I'm moving it up to a little higher than that into that six or seven range, that little next step of the upper echelon of the board. I like Dave Rand's team in this one. And so I'm putting a lot of worth on it. All right. And as a little bit of sway back the other way, I'm going to be on Kansas state this week. So I like them plus the points. And I think they have a shot to win this game on the road. It's not a strong confidence play. I'm not going to lay it down as a confidence value pick, but I'm going to tell you, I will be on the wildcats right now on my board. I have Kansas state at a one. So it's not nearly as strong a play, but I would even argue if I were over on Baylor and if somebody wanted to argue against me, I would want to put it very low on the board. So I could have this one higher than a one come Saturday, but to me, Alan, this is going to be one that I think probably is going to be in my lower three picks, a one, two, or a three. So I can't fault you for having confidence in Baylor. Obviously, you feel good about it on both sides of the confidence and the ATS. I'll let you have it, but I'm going to be going the other way with the Wildcats this week in all likelihood in this matchup. I love it. <laughs> I love that come next week, we're going to be able to talk through this one and you know all the receipts will be there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun and a lot to watch for inside the Big 12. And Alan, as I move to my confidence pick on the ESPN confidence pick I'm, I'm going to look back at the Big 12 in a different matchup. This one is going to be Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Now, the Cowboys are a team that has really had a rough couple of weeks, Alan. They've been outscored the last two weeks, 85-16. to 16. We saw Spencer Sanders miss last week's game against Kansas after an injury late against Kansas State. Remember, he was already nursing a shoulder injury. And from what I understand, it sounds like from Mike Gundy and company that they took Sanders on the trip with them to Kansas just to kind of mentor the young quarterbacks who were taking his place. So I don't know that it sounds like he's even going to be really truly healthy enough to play this week. Maybe he does, but if he does, I know he's not going to be 100%. And I know this Oklahoma State offense has not been near as good as of late. So if a different quarterback is on the field instead of Spencer Sanders, is it going to be Garrett Rangel? Well, he threw three interceptions versus Kansas this last week in their loss. 
Is it going to be Gunnar Gundy, Mike Gundy's son? I don't know, but he just got beat out by Rangel this past week for that starting job against Kansas. You flip it on the other side of the field for the Cowboys, and Allen, this defense has gotten really bad really fast. I know some of it's because of injuries. I know this past week, Mike Gundy was talking about his team being really tired and missing tackles, but they just gave up 350 rushing yards to Kansas. Plus, you talk about other injuries they've had. Braden Johnson missed the game against Kansas. One of their top defensive ends, Trace Ford, ended up getting knocked out of that game, hurting his knee. He was seen on the sideline with crutches. That sounds to me like he's not going to be back this coming week against Iowa State. And when you look at the Cyclones, look, this team has not been very good this year, but they have been very, very competitive in losing a bunch of games. Matt Campbell seems to always have this team ready. Hunter Deckers is okay at quarterback, but I've talked about him a number of times this season. Xavier Hutchinson has been really good at wide receiver. He's number one nationally in receptions. He's number five nationally in receiving yards. I think he'll have a big day against this Oklahoma State defense. And when you talk about what Iowa State has done in recent weeks, they've lost two of their last three games, even more than that if you extend it out. But I'm focusing on the last three where they lost 24 to 21 at Texas, but they outgained the Longhorns by 40 yards. They lost against Oklahoma by a couple touchdowns, but they outgained them by about 40 yards. And then this past week against West Virginia, they really got things right, won 31 to 14 and nearly doubled up West Virginia, outgaining them 391 to 200. So, Alan, I'm looking at Iowa State as a one-point favorite on the road. And I'm looking at an Oklahoma State team that is beaten up and tired and has been really badly outperformed the last couple of weeks. And if Spencer Sanders is out this week, I love this pick for the Cyclones. It's one where if you're looking at Iowa State as a one-point favorite, that would translate to a one in confidence value. I can't blame anybody for putting them that low if you want to go with them. But I just mentioned a little bit ago that I'm in 18th place in the standings. I'm 25 points off the lead. So if I can take a shot on a team that I think could just be better than Oklahoma State, even though their season hasn't gone great, I like Iowa State to win this game, especially if Sanders is on the sideline. So I'm going to be watching that injury news all week. But here's a strategy I have. From playing so far behind, what I want to do is not only take Iowa State, but I want to actually shoot them up in value because it's me taking a little bit of a shot that they are the better team if all these injuries and things have really built up. And of course, we've seen this Oklahoma State defense be bad the last couple of weeks. So if all of those things hold true, I really think Iowa State could possibly easily win this game. So I'm willing to shoot them up in value a lot and risk being wrong and losing a pick. But what it'll do is if I hit, there's only 10% of the people on Iowa State this week. That's because of much of what they've done this year. But as a one-point favorite, I like it. And what it'll do is if I shoot them up in value, it's going to push some other games that I think are closer to toss-ups down. So I'm willing to take more of a risk on this one because I'm lower in the standings. And I'm looking to take the Cyclones up as high as possibly a seven this week, but that's very dependent on what we hear from Spencer Sanders the rest of the week. So if he is going to play, maybe I'll trim that down a point or two. But I like pushing Iowa State up as a little bit of a risky play for someone in my position that can affect my overall board in a way that could be very, very advantageous against a lot of other people, and especially against the 90% of the people that are picking the Cowboys this week with a really beaten up team. It really surprised me to see that 90% number. That feels odd at best. I know it's early in the week and maybe there are a good bit of people that haven't solidified their selections yet or haven't put those in or anything like that. I tend to 
agree with you in that this feels like a game that Iowa State should win. Without the game against West Virginia last week where Iowa State easily won, I don't know how I would perceive Iowa State other than just a total failure. Previously to that, they had lost four in a row, and it had just been really, really quite ugly. They just struggled scoring against decent defenses, but as you've mentioned prior to this, this is not a decent defense that they're about to play. I don't know which one is going to be more inept. The thing that will travel, as you've mentioned, is Iowa State's defense, and that is a really legitimate defense. I'm going to keep an eye on that Spencer Sanders one, too. It will not be nearly as high as you, but I'm leaning towards Cyclones at this point, but I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, in that lower quadrant of the board. And for someone like you in the position you are in the standings, you're in the top 10. I wouldn't advise you going with Iowa State at a strong play like I am. You know, I might, if you feel confidence in it and you're looking at this Oklahoma State team thinking they're going to be as bad as they've been the last couple of weeks, you know, I might say for Allen or somebody up in the top 10, maybe you take a little bit of a risk and you push Iowa State up to a three or a four. You know, I think that could be an advisable position for you. It's just for where I am in the standings, I think this is one that there aren't going to be people with that many points on the Cyclones. It gives me the opportunity to land on a big point value in a week where we have a lot of tight spreads. And if I'm right on this one, then it could be a big payoff for me. And then I think there are a lot of games that could be much more likely to be toss-ups if Iowa State is, in fact, the better team in this matchup, which I think they really might be just by what I've read about the injury reports with Oklahoma State, by their performance the last couple weeks, and if Sanders is, in fact, out this week, which we might not even know until kickoff, but I am willing to risk some of those points just because Iowa State could mean a lot to me this week versus what I'm looking at with all these other factors at play. Yeah, it's a fascinating matchup, and I agree. For someone that's looking to get some points back in a hurry, this does feel like a matchup that you can take a risk on, but it's one of those things that I'm a little more cautious on it and definitely feel like I need to be. Sure. And that's one where, you know, you sitting in the top 10, like I said, you could go with the Cyclones at a low value and you're going to see probably a lot of other people up in the top 10 be on the Cowboys. And if you're right, great on you, but you don't have to risk a lot of points doing it. For me, it's just a position where if I'm right on this, which I feel like we're headed possibly that direction, then it could be a big, big payoff for me. But, you know, it's also a big risk for me going forward, especially if Sanders is out there in the field and we don't get word about it until game time and if he's more healthy than I would think he would be for this game. 100%. All right, Alan, anything else you want to cover before we head on over to a bonus pick and pod? I don't reckon so. Good luck doing all these tight spreads and tight games again. We could have potentially some super low numbers again, which is going to be wild. (laughs) I don't remember... (laughs) I've been doing this pick'em slate with you for about four seasons. You know, there was one I oh, skipped yeah. in there at one point, but I don't remember a season in which we've had so many weeks late in the year with a lot of low spreads. I feel like they're avoiding some of the bigger name teams and some of the bigger spreads out there in favor of getting these matchups that are a little bit more toss-up type feel. Yes. And it makes it a lot of fun every week. It's a different type of challenge. All right, Alan, you want to go ahead and give us a hint as to where you're headed with your picks in the bonus pick'em pod? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with a team that (laughs) I've picked wrong a couple weeks in a row. And so we'll see about that one and then go into a Big Ten matchup. 
Very, very fun. I am looking at a pick'em board in which we have two SEC games this week. And Alan, I'm going to hit on one of those. So we're going to be going down south on my pick'em slate as we come up next. So a lot to look forward to. Alan, looking forward to it. And uh, can't wait to hear some more picks on your side. Looking forward to it, my man. One other thing that you as the listener can look forward to is the fact that bowl season is coming up. If you've lost hope, if you're sitting on the outside of the top 15 or so in the ATS Pick'em, if you're outside the top 15 or so in the Confidence Pick'em, and you just feel like there's not a chance for you to climb back up and fight for contention and fight for prizes, we have stuff coming back for you in bowl season. That's because we have an ATS Bowl Pick'em coming up on CBS Sports. We have a Confidence Bowl Pick'em on ESPN. And this season, we're going to debut a college football playoff pick'em that's more along the lines of prop bets. That's talking about which quarterback is going to throw for the most yards amongst the four playoff teams. That's talking about which receiver amongst all the top receivers is going to have the most receiving yards. Lots of things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Alan, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are. And it's going to be more opportunities for people to win prizes as we go deeper into the season. Just go ahead and get yourself ready for that one. It's going to be tons of fun. That's it for now. If you'd like to join us over on the Bonus Pick'em Pod, you, of course, can join us on Patreon. All that costs is $2.50 or more per month. That's at the walk-on level or higher. Alan, looking forward to it. Can't wait to see what's coming next. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you in just a bit. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.